Yama, I'm your host Mari Pakai and welcome to NITV Radio for this Monday, 18th of December. Coming on today's show, an interview with Narendra woman, Marissa williamson Polham, who has made history becoming the first Aboriginal woman to qualify for the Olympics in the sport of boxing. And Mindy Woods, Bunjalung woman, chef, contestant on MasterChef 2012 and guest on Great Australian Walks on SBS with Julia Zamiro. Also, some stories from NITV's Summer Yarns, all these stories and more coming to you after the latest news. Australia Day 1972 saw the first Aboriginal embassy directed outside Parliament. The native title legislation must be amended. And they've walked this land so many times before anybody came. I am sorry. In this bulletin, NDIS crackdown as a cost inflations for participants are now on the radar for a task force addressing fraud. Eight people have lost their lives over the weekend in New South Wales due to traffic incidences. Premier Chris Minns offers sympathies for those grieving and warnings for drivers to slow down. And Christopher Luxon, Prime Minister of New Zealand, Aotearoa, accused of double standards for using taxpayer-funded funding for his private lessons in Te Reo Māori after criticising public servants and bureaucrats for their cash bonuses for understanding the Māori language. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander services are set to take greater control of domestic violence as the federal government attempts to meet Closing the Gap targets. This year annual Closing the Gap Progress report revealed only four of the 19 targets are on track, while four others are going backwards. From today, Indigenous organisations can apply for grant funding totalling more than $96 million to support programs aimed at ending violence against First Nations women and children. Social Services Minister Amanda Rishworth says the approach recognises the importance of culturally informed action and is designed to empower communities to tackle domestic and family violence by investing in accommodation services and men's centres. The cost of inflation for NDIS participants has been put in sight of task force, set up to stamp out fraud. NDIS Minister Bill Shorten says some providers have been exploiting the government's disability support scheme by charging more for the same services and equipment when they are receiving the support package. He says although the practice is unethical and immoral, it is not yet illegal. Bill Shorten confirmed that from next week, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission will be able to take action under the Competition Act and suppliers who exploit participants will be stopped. A new cabinet is set to be unveiled days after Stephen Miles officially took over as Queensland's 40th Premier. 
in what is considered the state's government's biggest frontbench shake-up in nine years. Five new ministers are expected to be ushered in later today. Mr Miles is the new leader with Treasurer Cameron Dick as his deputy. After both were elected unanimously and unopposed to their roles at Friday's Labor caucus meeting, Mr Miles was later sworn in as new Premier at Government House, barely a week after Anastasia Apologie's shock resignation. Mr Miles said on Sunday Housing Minister Megan Scanlon would gain three new responsibilities to tackle the housing crisis, becoming Housing, Planning, Local Government and Public Works Minister. North Queensland remains inundated by floods and heavy rain from ex-tropical cyclone Jasper that has prompted the deployment of rescue vessels in Cairns. The rain is forecasted to continue through Monday into Tuesday, with some areas hit with totals more than a metre and water levels expected to break 1977 records. An emergency flood warning has was issued for McCann's Beach, Holloway's Beach and Yorkies Knob on Sunday night, with residents urged to take shelter and not expect emergency services to come to their door. Boats from SES, Queensland Fire and Emergency Services, Surf Lifesaving and Water Police were deployed after urgent calls for assistance in the area. And Premier Stephen Miles also sought the help of small rescue vessels from the HMAS Cairns Naval Base. Catter's Australian Party MP for Kennedy, Bob Catter, says the impacts in the far north Queensland have been extensive and severe, and he called on the federal government to put the armed forces on standby to help with the response. The newly installed Prime Minister of New Zealand, Christopher Luxon, is being called out for not heeding his own advice to public service in a controversy about the use of the Māori language. Mr Luxon is accused of a double standard after scolding bureaucrats for taking cash bonuses for understanding the Māori language, while himself using taxpayer funds to learn it. Public money has paid for Mr Luxon's private tuition in te reo, the Māori language, with the Prime Minister arguing it's highly relevant to his role. This month, Mr Luxon confirmed his government would cut payments to te speaking public servants, criticising those who took the bonuses. He argued that people are free to learn for themselves and compared this to what he called corporate life. Deputy Leader of the Opposition, Susan Lee, has criticised the Albanese government for supporting the United Nations General Assembly resolution calling for a ceasefire in Israel-Hamas conflict. She says the opposition wants to see a drastic reduction in civilian casualties in Gaza and more access to humanitarian aid but it's concerned the government has put Australia at odds with allies, such as the United States. Miss Lee says 
She's also concerned that the resolution did not directly condemn Hamas for its October 7 attack in Israel. The issue, of course, with this resolution was twofold, Kieran. One was that we departed from the position of our allies, the US and the UK. That's unfortunate because the resolution did not condemn Hamas. And all that we want to see is the hostages released Everyone wants to see the conflict come to an end, but uh, it is a bipartisan position. It certainly should be that dismantling the terror infrastructure of Hamas needs to happen. Without that, we won't see enduring peace in the region. The leaders of Italy and the United Kingdom have agreed to tackle irregular migration to Europe, pledging to intensify the cooperation in the fight against human trafficking. Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney and UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak are holding talks in Rome at a gathering of Miss Maloney's far-right brothers of Italy party. They have reportedly agreed to funding a joint project encouraging assisted voluntary repatriations of migrants stranded in Tasnia. The African country has become a departure point for many migrants trying to reach Europe. The British Prime Minister says it's up to individual governments to decide who can enter their countries. The cost of accommodating these people will anger our citizens who won't understand why their money should have to be spent on dealing with the consequences of this evil trade. It is a fundamental tenet of sovereignty that it is us who should decide who comes to our countries and not criminal gangs. New South Wales Premier Chris Minns has urged caution on the roads over the holiday period, following the deaths of eight people in the state in just three days. Those eight deaths recorded since Friday included a 17-year-old boy who collided with a guardrail in Riversby and an 84-year-old man who was ejected from a courtesy bus in Cowra after the vehicle was hit by another driver. Transport for New South Wales' latest data shows that 338 people have died on the state's roads this year, an almost 25% increase over the 270 deaths recorded at the same time last year. Premier Minns offered his sympathies for families, for those who died, and warned drivers to slow down or they could lose their licence. Very concerned about the road toll, particularly the recent deaths over the weekend and heartfelt sympathies for people that have lost family members or friends or loved ones over that period. We're heading into the busy Christmas period and our real concern is that road toll will increase over the Christmas New Year period. So the message is slow down. Uh, New South Wales police will be out in force, double demerit points will apply and if you speed or you break the road rules, the best case scenario is that you lose your licence. The worst case scenario is that you kill yourself or a loved one or someone you've never met before. Thousands of Christmas shoppers have been evacuated following a fire at Westfield Shopping Centre in Western Sydney. Smoke quickly filled the eastern side of the shopping centre after a wok caught a light in a noodle restaurant in the food court of Penrith Westfield around 1pm on Sunday. Fire Rescue New South Wales said it took 
eight fire trucks and 28 firefighters over half an hour to extinguish the blaze. Between 2,000 and 3,000 people were evacuated during the incident and businesses have been hit by the lack of shoppers for around two hours. The Victorian government has been given an ultimatum to either ensure hundreds of school cleaners keep the same pay and conditions or go to court. The United Workers Union says it will launch proceedings against the government unless it directs incoming contractors Tradeflex and Serco to keep 700 Victorian cleaners on the same hours and conditions from the 15th of January. Outgoing company ISS has pulled out of a one-year extension of its contract in Melbourne's western and northeastern suburbs, leaving cleaners without a job just days before Christmas. The union says the new contractors won't start hiring cleaners to work until the 15th of January and will cut existing pay rates and hours, costing workers up to $11,000 a year. In a letter to Victorian Victoria's Education Minister, Ben Carroll, the union accuses the government of having been aware of, directed in and participated in contraventions of occupational health and safety laws and the Fair Work Act. And in sports, in cricket, Australia's star spinner Nathan Lyon says it took him 40 tests before he felt comfortable with his performance level and he has no plans of slowing down anytime soon. Lyon became just the third Australian to snare 500 test wickets when he claimed the match figures of 5 to 80 in series opening 360 run victory over Pakistan in Perth. The 36-year-old is eager to stretch his career to 2027 Ashes in England, but for now he's content to reflect on his remarkable journey to 500 test wickets. Lyon says he's pleased to join fellow Australians Shane Warne and Glenn McGrath in exclusive 500 club. Yeah, it's uh, something I'm very proud about. Um, I don't think it's probably hit me yet, uh, but... There's a lot of been, obviously have been a lot of hard work go into the journey and I've had a lot more bad days than good days but to be out there in the middle back after doing my calf with a, a special group of people um, yeah it's pretty special to be able to take 500s in my first test back. And now a look at today's weather. Broome is sunny with 32, Perth is sunny with 31, Adelaide is a shower or two at 28, Melbourne is cloudy with 31. Hobart is having showers or two at 21. Aubrey Wodonga is becoming cloudy at 32. Canberra is partly cloudy with 32. Wollongong is also partly cloudy at 27. Sydney, much the same at 29. Newcastle, also partly cloudy at 29. Brisbane is also much the same with 32. Townsville, a shower or two at 31. Cairns, showers at 29. Alice Springs, sunny with 43. Darwin is mostly sunny at 35. And Torres Strait Islanders are seeing showers with a possible storm at 33.